Hello, welcome back for another episode of Full Steam Ahead. Today we have a very special guest. We've got something a little bit outside the box, but I'm definitely looking forward to hearing what she has to offer. Uh, as always, let's go on ahead and welcome our guest, Brianna Cook. Chef Brianna Cook at that. Hey, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. I'm looking forward to a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing today? Amazing. It was a wonderful day. Wednesdays, Wednesdays are usually my days off. So I took care of some prep for the weekend events. Valentine's Day is coming up and also some other okay. events this weekend. So, you know, just errands, getting things ready. Um, it was a pretty good right. day. It was beautiful outside. So I enjoyed it. It is definitely beautiful outside. I really hate that I couldn't 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 have been outside a little bit more. And it's also beautiful because it's Black History Month. And so um, we're we're really excited to have you on here because you have your own business, Black-owned business. We're supporting Black-owned businesses all month, all year, all decade, all century. Um, but some something else I did want to shout out is the shirt that I have on right now. Um, it is it says, A Mother's Love Never Changes, and it's by Mama Africa's Apparel. Shout out to my boy Manny up in Dallas that, um, that makes – these shirts he does urban attire but then also does traditional um traditional african cloth so you definitely want to check him out um and get in touch with him to you know get up on your apparel so before we hop into things um before we get into the good stuff the lessons in the trap nature versus nurture and blowing off some steam i have to introduce our guest so that's what i'm about to do right now um so let's see all right Brianna's lifelong dream has been to own a restaurant. Brianna dreamed of attending culinary school, but was encouraged by her father to seek a business degree to understand how to make a business profitable. Brianna attended Purdue University on an academic scholarship through the Business Opportunity Program, BOP, and obtained a degree in finance and an entrepreneurship minor. She graduated May 2014. Brianna moved back to Houston, Texas after college and joined Shell Oil Company's graduate rotational program. She worked in corporate for five years and then took a leap of faith to pursue full-time entrepreneurship. She founded Pepper and Mint Catering in 2019, named after her love for fresh herbs and seasonings. In her first year of business, despite a global pandemic, Brianna was blessed to experience a multitude of opportunities. She was a full-time private chef for a family, catered three weddings, hired by a Billboard Hot 100 R&B artist to cater his team at a sold-out concert, hired by a professional NBA team to cater a pre- and post-game meal, that's a lot, services slash prep for a variety of people, cater a host of corporate events, and cook for more than 200-plus families' special occasions. Man, you got it going on. Thank you. She believes that God gives everybody with a specific purpose to fulfill. She believes love, passion, and a solid vision with a strong work ethic and the desire to constantly learn and adapt will build a foundation to be successful. She hopes to be an example for people to pursue their dreams despite adversity. With no further ado, please welcome Brianna Cook. Yay! Again. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Um, 
man, you have one hell of a, a bio. Uh, I really like the fact that, um, you know, your dad told you to go to go to business school mm-hmm. and, you know, um, to lead that to assist you with with your dreams. Um, but before I dive too deep, let's go on ahead and kick off our lit segment, which stands for lessons in the trap. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, cool. So I'm going to let you go first um, okay. with, with your song. Tell tell us what you what song is motivates you or just you like you just want it. You just been listening to it a lot or maybe you just like hearing it every now and then. I feel like my song is a little cliche, especially because of how we in the community, um, I guess, idolize Nipsey. But my favorite song of Nipsey's is Double Up. That's my song. Um, I feel like separate from the lyrics, it gives me mm-hmm. the like, I guess, like the power, like the motivation to just keep going. I listen to it before every event. I listen to it while I'm like loading the car. It just kind of gets me through and in that spirit of like, okay, I gotta grind, I gotta make it work. I gotta like do better, I gotta be better. Um, Every single event, like I feel like it's one of those, it's one of those songs that even if you listen to it multiple times, you may be thinking something differently. You may be in a different experience and it's just kind of that constant, like, all right, like I'm ready to grind. Let's do this. Like I'm excited and let's go. Right. Okay. That's the one with, uh, belly is on there. Yeah. Is on there. Right. And it yeah. So like, ca- the, catchy melody. It does. And it's, it's interesting because it's, it's kind of like a, like a slow, but like, you know, and I, I really I like the music video. It's a it's a long music video, mm-hmm. but it's it's interesting because you know his his um well she was his fiance Lauren London was in the video, but they were playing like opposites in a sense, you know. So I I, I, I like watching. Go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. I was just saying I like I like watching sometimes watching music videos mm-hmm. um, makes me like songs more sometimes. I'm I'm weird like that. But. I'm glad you mentioned Lauren because I really feel like partnership partnership in general is important to me. I'm sure we'll kind of get into mm-hmm. it when we talk about my business, but I feel like you could do like it's better together. Like you can do more with another person right. or you know like somebody to kind of help you elevate. And that's one of the reasons why I love that song. It's like like we're getting this together. Right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I didn't even think about it like mm-hmm. that. Okay, cool. Well, I'm I'm going to jump into mine. Mine, I just, this song dropped about two, two and a half weeks ago. And it's just been, it's been on replay in my car. You, do you, I'm, I'm a huge J. Cole fan. This isn't, it's not his song. He's featured on okay. it. Okay. But, um, you like J. Cole? I do like J. Cole. He came to my university, uh, years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and it was okay. amazing. I loved it. Cool. Yeah, he came to he came to A T a few times a few times. Also, I've seen him in a concert a lot. But I'm a, I'm a huge J Cole fan. So um, Benny the Butcher has a song called Johnny P's Caddy, and just the way he put those bars together in that song. I wish I could spit the whole verse, but I'm not. I'm just gonna spit like try six lines. <laughs> but I think that is. I think that it re- for, to me it relates to STEM. Some of the references were like STEM related, and I was like, "Oh, this is dope." So I'm gonna go ahead, y'all. I'm not a rapper, so don't judge me if uh, <laughs> if I'm not putting all the rhymes together. I don't sound like him, you know. Don't don't judge me too much. All right, so he says, um, and this is like in one of the middle of the verses. He says, "I'm higher than dudes and don't need a bag full of reefer. Some see the glass is empty. I see a glass full of ether." collecting his bread in mass 
like he a Catholic preacher. Just to count a dude's cash, you might need a calculus teacher. Eureka, Einstein on the brink of the theory of relativity. Really, no MC equals. Feel me? Uh, yeah, that would that would have sounded a lot better if you if I had. If you, you did pretty play good. I was song. feeling it. <laughs> so the reason why I picked that part is because there's so much to me, and this this is a nerd moment or whatever you want to call it, but there's so much that that revolves around like science right so uh and then just some of the like entendres and things like that um so like ether i didn't know this ether is a class of organic compounds where like two uh atom two oxygen atoms bond together with the with the alkali group and um i didn't realize in the 19th century it was it was used to help with um some science of, and i'm having to read this because I, I couldn't remember all this off the top of my head um but then the, tri the triple entendre comes in when he starts talking about catholic church uh and mass so he says like so one he's like donation donations in catholic church are, are basically you know like like during um during their main service which is called mass and then that's the second one then the the third one um it's a play on words uh, the sacramental bread, sorry, the sacramental bread is taken in the main service, which is which is mass. Um, but then also, if you say in mass, that's a French phrase, which means a lot. He was talking about his money. So he could have also been saying he has a lot of money as well. Um, but then he jumps back into the science side of it when he mentions Einstein's um, theory of relativity because E equals MC squared. And he basically, he says that E, he, he, he says, uh, no MC equals me, like the MC from the equation. I just thought that was dope. I would never have got that, but I'm glad you broke it down. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just I just I just rock with it. So that's that's my lessons in the trap. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and move on. I kind of want to see um kind of like where your head is on a few things. We call this nature versus nurture okay and um in the nature versus nurture segment this is where we get your opinion we see we see basically what your preferences are on certain things uh and since you're a chef we got some special oh i'm excited stuff, uh kind of in the mix for okay you. so all right let's let's start with the first one and i'll i'll answer these two okay i actually haven't even uh i haven't really thought about it that much but do you prefer cake cobbler or pie Ooh, cake, cobbler, or pie. I'm going to go with cobbler. I love cobbler because okay. of the buttery, like, texture on top. And then you get, like, the ooey-gooey goodness in the bottom. I feel like cobbler is perfect. Like, that kind of contrast and texture. And then you can put all kinds of things on cobbler. I love, personally, ice cream. Um, I'm going to go with cobbler. Okay. What about you? Okay. You know, so I don't even know if I really know the definition of cobbler. I was just looking, I was looking for words. And then, so, so you said it's, it's gooey. Kind of. Yeah. Cobbler is kind of like, it's like the consistency. It's like more kind of syrupy based. It's usually some sort of like compote okay. of fruit. Um, but so it, like peach cobbler. Right. Okay. Okay. And like so can cobbler... Can cobbler have crust? Usually on top of cobbler, there's a crust. On the bot, there's not 
at least as far as I know, there's no co- there's no crust on the mm. bottom of cobblers. So I guess that's the difference between cobbler oh, okay. and pie. So pie has like the bottom crust, the top crust, and it's usually like a little bit thicker. And then the cobbler has, it, I would say it's like more like runny. So you would need like a bowl for a cobbler versus a pie. You could just like cut a slice and put it on a, a plate and it wouldn't like move. Okay, I got you. I got you. Okay, Um, I think for me, I'll go with cake. Okay, what kind of cake? I'll go with cake. Man, so I it's either cheesecake or chocolate cake. Okay. Or chocolate cheesecake. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like cheesecake like too. That. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I like pie too. I like pies and cobblers, but I think like for I think I just like stuff that's solid more. Mm. So, yeah. Okay. So number two. Uh, if you had to choose, do you prefer to cook on stainless steel or non-stick cookware? Stainless steel or non-stick? Hmm. It depends on what I'm cooking. I will say my mm-hmm. go-to is for sure cast iron. Um, okay. I love cast iron. I can pretty much bake in a cast iron. Cornbread is amazing in a cast iron. I know that's not necessarily an option, but right. um, being... Especially if I'm at someone's house, I probably wouldn't go for a stainless steel just because I'm doing the dishes and I'm usually making multiple things in that one pot, which requires me to be moving quickly, not able to like wash in between. So if I had to pick between those two, I would say nonstick, but my favorite would be cast iron. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, funny, cast iron, funny story with me. I, <laughs> I... Had, I washed out, I tr- I tried to, I was washing the cast iron skillet and I couldn't get something out, you know, so I, I didn't know this. I used a Brillo pad to to get it out because it was in there kind of hard and that's what I'm used to, you know, doing and then I, and then it started rusting like mm-hmm. the next day and then I started Googling and stuff and they were like, oh yeah, like, I think I posted on Instagram, I was like, oh, you know, I accidentally cleaned and people were in my DM. I already you know. Like, Bruh, like. <laughs> What are you doing? Like, and I was like, I didn't, I didn't know. Did you soak too? <laughs> did I soak it? Did you soak? Like, did you put like dish soap? Uh, yes. So you committed two sure. crimes. Ooh. So yeah. So you're supposed to clean a cast iron skillet with just like water, hot water, and, pretty much. Yeah, and then just kind of to make sure it dries out, you can put it in the oven, mm-hmm. you know, like. 250 or something like that right mm-hmm. for a few minutes so i did that and then i was able i was able to get the rust out so it's good now good now you know i correct i corrected my mistake <laughs> hey, hey you gotta learn those lessons i've definitely had mm-hmm. of my fair share yep okay so this one might be a little different uh and it might be kind of hard because they kind of seem like the same thing but i guess they're not really okay um Spices or herbs? Oh, why would you do that to me? They're both super important. Spices or herbs? I thought about, you know, the the name of your business. And so... Hmm. I'm going to go with spices. The reason why I picked spices is because although herbs, in my opinion, are very important to like a flavor profile of a dish, I don't necessarily think that an herb alone will get you to where you want to be. So if I had to go with okay. one or the other, 
spices most people are used to. I mean, if you don't even use salt, people are like, what is this? Um, so I say spices. A lot of them. Okay. I, I'm very heavy on the spice. Okay. I'll go with spices also. What's your favorite herb? I, my, my favorite herb? Mm-hmm. Probably, um, probably thyme. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, thyme, and I, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on this. There's the one that's uh, rosemary. I like rosemary also, but I like putting, um, I like putting thyme on my salmon when I make it. Mm, that sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, and I'll like if I like trying to trying to get better at blackening blackening salmon so uh, I like doing that when I put in the cast iron skillet with some <laughs> butter yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you got it exactly yep yep okay all right let's um let's move into our boss segment which stands for blowing off some steam and this is where you can just talk about anything that's kind of annoying you if there's nothing that's bothering you at this moment or, you know, nothing on the news, getting on your nerves, nothing at work, no customers or anything irritating you, you can just say, I don't have no worries. Oh, I'm, I, I got I got some worries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go ahead. You can go first. Okay. So today I was in Home Goods. No, no, no. Let me start from the beginning of my day. I had to ship something at FedEx. And it was a right. it was a rug, and I came in there without mm-hmm. the rug being wrapped. And I know that from before that I had to wrap it, but I was just hoping that they would direct me to like how best to wrap it, if I should fold it in half, whatever, whatever. So there's literally like right. no one in the store. They have like seven people um, behind the counter, and every single one of them is just like watching me wrap this rug incorrectly. So about 15 minutes goes by. <laughs> Can someone please help me? And they're just literally standing there and no one comes to help me. And I would say like, I'm really big on service. Obviously that's pretty much my profession, but just in general, I feel like if you're in a service industry, if you're like, if you're able to help or at least provide some direction, like why would you not? Like at least, I'm not even asking you to go above and beyond to actually wrap it for me, which would have been amazing. But while, you know, like none of y'all decided to like save some time for me or some effort or some frustration. So that was, that was my why not, kind like, why not jump right, in? Right. Like, why not? Just like be mm-hmm. kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. So you said, you said you were trying to wrap the rug. Yeah. How, like, how tall was it? Uh, I want to say it was maybe like a 10 foot by eight. Like, it was a pretty, it was a pretty big rug as far as like lengthwise but it was it was pretty thin so it could have been folded in half like i kind of like smashed it up you could have like rolled it on a couple of sides like i really wasn't too sure but i just found it frustrating that no one offered to help yeah it's that can be frustrating like sometimes people can tell that you're either lost or you can't (laughs) figure something out like i i know when i go in stores like that i'd be lost lost i'd be like i don't know like i'd be looking for flowers on one side and i go to the (laughs) and then i I'll be looking at flowers in the in the you know hardware section or something like that. I just just be all over the place. So uh, yeah, it is always helpful when somebody can jump in and be like, oh okay, you know, do you need some help or something? Mm-hmm. Instead of just doing the bare minimum, like yes, you are at work. We appreciate you being at work, but while you're at work, help. be helpful. At the same time. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely I definitely feel that. Um, what about yours? Okay. 
Me? Um, so I feel some type of way about these kids getting out of school for inclement weather that's not even inclement. Like last week, it was there was supposed to be what a, a snowstorm, and I guess everybody was like, "Oh man, let's the freeze, right?" Yeah. So <laughs> everybody's doesn't want what happened last February that you know the winter storm pipes bursting mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So everybody prepared, and I'm not gonna lie, like I went outside, I wrapped my pipes and stuff like that, made sure everything was winterized and, and good. Um, but I don't know. I feel like when I was younger, like even though I grew up in Atlanta. Most times, like, we were going to school. There was a few times when, like, it was like, okay, y'all could have went to school. But it was at least ice on the ground mm-hmm. or something. It was clear as day last 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 Friday. It's interesting. And Saturday was fine. Yeah. It, it ended up being a pretty beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Um, what, yeah, it did. When I was, It was just chilly. It was chilly. When I was in Indiana um, for school... There was like I would be literally praying for class to be canceled, and class was never canceled. We in my four years there, we might have had like a handful of days, but it might be like Mm -hmm. negative ten wind chill, like ten inches of snow. You're checking to go to class. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was not that far north. (laughs) In 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 North Carolina, it snows sometimes, and then. In Arkansas, we definitely got snow for like two weeks straight, and wow. I remember there being like, uh, there being like a, a, a good bit of days where it was like class canceled, class canceled, and it was like went into the weekend, so it was like okay, cool, and then like Monday and Tuesday we ended up being off, and it, it was it was cool, but yeah, it's so when I since I've been through stuff like that in Arkansas, and Oklahoma, when I when I come down now that I'm here, it's like it's not real winter, right, what you the know. Heck? Yeah, like what are y'all what are y'all doing? But better safe than sorry. Better safe than sorry. Safety first. This is true. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. That will wrap up our blowing off some steam segment. Let's go ahead and get into the the good stuff. Let's go ahead and talk to you about your business. Um, some of the things you know that that you do now that you've done in the past. Um, but I guess. You know, I kind of want to know um, what is so your your degree is not in STEM, not in STEAM, but I know that you have you have a lot of friends, a lot of people that you know that are in these fields, and you worked at Shell, which is definitely heavy, mm-hmm. like heavy STEM. You know, they're big in industry; they hire pretty much everybody: chemists, engineers, um, you know, IT folks, a uh, little bit of everybody. So, tell me how. Um, what's your experience was what's like at Shell and what what group or department did you work with? Okay, so I was really blessed to be in a rotational program at Shell. So it's basically three years. You do two different business groups. Um, since I was a business major, it was all downstream. So my first um, my first kind of rotation was in lubricants, which most people are familiar with, like Pennzoil or Quaker State. Um, and my I guess job responsibilities were more so more so geared towards marketing um i had an amazing time it was very travel heavy very sort of like customer focused a lot of entertaining um the second rotation was in the trading group so there was a trade floor um i specifically was in the shipping and maritime department 
and um, it was more like logistics focused, a little bit of operations. And then my last sort of stint, stint at Shell was in chemicals. I was in sales and I also was like my team's analyst. So those three experiences were much different, very, very different um, from each other. And um, I would say, I, though I did not study any sort of STEM fields, I was mostly with mathematicians or chemists, largely in my last um, in my last group. So I do have an understanding of things, um, and it's 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 some it's somewhat related to what I do now. I would say, kind of the infusion of like dynamics and intriguing flavors of the food, and allowing like the engineering as it's cooking to affect how it all works together. Um, so I guess like in layman's terms, like if you add sugar and salt or like a spice and a sugar or a spice and an herb, that to me is chemistry. Right. Definitely is. You know, I definitely be in the kitchen feeling like I'm you know, whipping it up. Lab. <laughs> I'm whipping it up. Like, you know, me, I'm, I'm feeling like a big boss. If I can, if, if some, if the recipe says, oh, you need this many this many uh you know fluid ounces and i'm like oh man let me go ahead and convert that to cups you know i'm pulling out my phone using calculator and all this other stuff writing stuff down converting fractions to decimals you know i'm out here feeling like i'm putting in work the thing about me is though i can do all that and and convert everything and then it still take me you know three hours to cook you <laughs> know, a meal you. a meal in, in two sides i i can't lie yeah i guess it is i can't lie like fractions like i'll be asking alexa with the quickness like alexa how many ounces or this or how many liters and like gallons like i i mean it's not my strong suit but if i i guess if i was in sim that would come like more second nature um of course there's art mm -hmm. and intertwined with the chemistry of cooking mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean for the most part i feel like it's, it's senses based. So like I can smell the food, I can I can taste it, I can touch it, I can see it. And all of those things work together to make like the perfect uh, infusion of flavors. So how would you say, how would you say you most use um, STEM kind of like, you know, like each day? Like I know you said you, you're pairing spices with herbs and you're, you're trying to, you know, you're doing different things. I don't know the technical terms, but how would you say you, you use it most on? on a daily basis how would i use it most hmm mm -hmm. is it just strictly you know pretty much from the standpoint of you know you've got you're taking flour because flour you know butter eggs different things and, and mixing together because some of us don't know i don't always know why certain things happen i'm just like all right yeah they're telling me to put this in here but i don't really think about like the science behind it like yeah you know if you mix baking soda and water like i think the most basic thing people know mm -hmm. is that oil and water don't right, mix, right, right. right and i learned that the hard way one time you know somebody was at my house cooking and i didn't dry the pan out all the way and still had water in it and they put oil in it and then we walked away for you know maybe like five ten minutes it got hot and then we just heard this big pop noise go back in the water done knocked the oil out the pan it done went everywhere in the kitchen <laughs> oh my god i would so that's chemistry to me but right so so for me i would say sim is more so like a corrective thing so the way that i cook is really just to start like i don't look at recipes i don't know quite what i'm doing most of the time in the beginning especially if i'm kind of just playing around with some flavors um and then i will kind of see a reaction and then i'll need to correct it so if anything it would be okay let me like 
let me say, let me use some logic into why, why is my, let's say cornbread, like why is the top of my cornbread burning and then the bottom is still like uncooked? Well, that means that I need to lower the temperature. Maybe I need to cover it or maybe I need to insulate it. So I would say that, but in general, I'm more of an experimental chef. So I don't really think about things a hundred percent. I just like get in and do it. And then the thoughts come after. So I know that some chefs prefer to, you know, I guess like articulate every single thing and write it down and have all the ingredients and do that. But my personal style is to just get in there, start, start doing it and then kind of see what happens. Okay. I got you. I got you. Um, so to dive in a, a little more and, and tell, tell us more about your business, anything you want to share and, you know, put out there so that the people know. Oh my gosh, there's so much to say. Um, so I have a couple of, I guess, like branches of my business. So I am a private chef, but I do um, mostly catering. So the, the business is seasonal. So the catering aspect is what I enjoy from a creative standpoint the most. Um, so catering would be from a 10 person brunch to a wedding of 200 people or somewhere in between maybe a dinner party or a corporate event or a holiday party. Um, that's kind of, I would say like my bread and butter. And then I do have separate like family meal services, which is where I find like the fulfillment of the business. So like, that's where I feel like my purpose is. So I'm actually helping these families, these working moms or these single dads or um, these kids get the nutrients that they need and to be able to focus and hearing the feedback on how it's like important in their lives is really what drives me. So I'm always available, of course, for catering services, but meal services is where I would say um, I do make the most impact day to day with my, my clients. And then I will be expanding into cooking classes. Um, so I'm working on a program. I would like to start with kids. Um, I would like for it to really be kind of like integrated in their day to day. So maybe a four week program, six week, eight week. I'm not really exactly sure how it'll look, but um, I really want to teach these kids kind of at a young age how to be like self self sustainable and how to do nutrients or how to budget and what how um, I guess like food is important to your overall mental well-being. Um, so I would like to kind of work with the kids to do that first and then branch out to like bachelor parties or girls nights or date nights and things like that for cooking classes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. What would you say is your most ordered or most requested dish? Um, it depends on the service. So I would say if I had to answer the question with no sort of like caveats, I would say shrimp and grits. Um, okay. and during quarantine, I was making fried chicken like every three days. I did not know so many people like fried chicken, but they said it was good. So I started making literally like the bad, <laughs> the batter like by the gallon. Um, so shrimp and grits for sure. Wow. I have a Cajun and soul food menu. So the comfort foods are very popular. People have said that my smoked turkey collard greens is literally the best they ever had. I even had a grandma come up to me like, girl, you bossy. Like, there's no way that you made them. Who taught you how to make greens? And to be <laughs> honest with you, I didn't. The first time that I made them was for an event. 
And I called my friend and he was like, let me ask my grandma. And his grandma's on the phone talking about baking soda and vinegar and this and the process and all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, you are godsend because these greens are amazing. Hmm. Okay. So she helped you out. She helped you out. She did. Some, some tips and it, you just took it from there. I did. <laughs> okay. I got you. And so are you still like in your bio, you had that, um, that you, you did, you did a concert, you did, uh, you were hired by NBA team. Are you still doing stuff with the NBA team? No, it was just a one, a one-time thing. Um, okay. I personally, I guess through, so I'm only in my third year of business. So the first year was COVID and the second year was still semi-COVID 2021. So I'm still for the most part kind of figuring out my niche. Um, I really do love everyday families. So there's a lot that kind of goes on with the more, I guess, institutions or even corporations. There's all these kind of extra things that have to be considered um, when doing them. So I'm open to it, but my personal favorite is literally some person that said, my cousin, my coworker, my best friend hired you and I'd like to do this and, and go from there. Okay. So like references. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so it's only your third year in business. So you've been, so you've, you've been away from Michelle for close to three years, is that correct? Uh, maybe like three, three and a half. So I left in 2019, May 2019. So I traveled for a couple of months. Um, I'd say I really got going 2020, January 2020. January 2020. Okay, mm-hmm. got you. So was was there anything in particular about corporate America that that made you fed up? And, oh. You know, it was just like, I'm over this. I got to go. I'm out. Like, yes. you know, what was, did you not like it or, you know? Was it truly just like, I'm going to pursue my dream? No, not really. So I thought, so my, my, I guess my example, my father has been in business, like corporate his entire life. I thought I would be the nine to fiver, like I'd climb the ladder, like I'd be like a VP. Like I kind of, although my dream had always been to own a restaurant, I really thought that I would do that on the side or kind of later on in life. And I would do the corporate thing, but I quickly realized when I, and even in my first job that there's so many like hurdles to overcome that before you even get to your day-to-day job. Um, so my first job, it was first sure discriminate well, in all of the jobs. Um, there's actually lawsuits going on in all of my teams, which is an interesting wow. sort of thing to navigate as a, what, like a recent grad. 21 years old, kind of like young, ambitious, and you know, like full of energy. Um, so it was, it was the fact that I feel like, okay, maybe, maybe being a woman isn't a problem, but me being the youngest on the team is a problem. Or maybe, um, maybe the fact that I don't know chemistry isn't a problem, but um, the fact that I am black is a problem. So. It was tough to navigate. I feel like I never really was valued in the same way as my other coworkers were. I didn't get the praise. I didn't get, I guess, like the, like not necessarily accolades, but like I, I didn't get the credit if I were working on something. But if it was my first, if I was working on something and my coworkers assisted literally with one question, oh, we're a team and I did this and I helped this and so on and so forth. So 
I found that my personality didn't necessarily fit. And I'm a, a big believer in God. And I believe like, like he speaks loudest when you most need it. And in my last job, we were having some issues. My job was going away. So the, the specific like team or the, my product line and chemicals was going to be like sold off. Right. So we were all kind of scrambling okay. to find what our next move was. And um, there's a lot of sort of like team issues. So there was a consultant that came in and um, I can't, I remember she looked dead at me and she was like, hey, Brianna, can I talk to you? And I said, oh yeah, sure, no problem. She's like outside. Um, and I'm like, oh shoot, like what did I do? So she had this whole, she had this whole chart of like, uh, I guess where you're supposed to be, how organizations work well. She like had outliers. And then there was like me like way over here. And then like, this is the team. And she's like, do you feel... Do you feel valued? Do you feel like um, respected? Do you feel motivated? And I was like, no, honestly, I don't. And she was like, I think that you should consider a different career. And at first I felt like a failure because that really is how, you know, I put all of this like energy into working there and, you know, being successful and getting good performance evaluations and that thing. But for someone who has known me for five seconds and said, hey, I think you should, you know, pursue something else it was like a blessing in disguise for sure and sure enough I would say eight months later I was gone um and I, I wish I could thank her I really do because she was the first kind of uh like light bulb that went off like hey maybe I should consider something else right okay mm -hmm. that makes sense you know you never got since angel absolutely that's, yeah man that's that's crazy I um I've definitely had an experience where I felt like the team was over here and I was like way over here. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's no nobody likes to feel like that, but you know, we all have growing pains, we all have things we go to that go through that basically spur us on to do our next, you know, big Absolutely. thing. Next thing that mm -hmm. you know that's part of our path. Um so I'm glad you were able to, you know, kind of take that advice me too or, or take, take now it wasn't it, it wasn't all peachy i will say so <laughs> i went i i had a wedding to go to and um my manager and we we did definitely have some issues going on between the two of us and also the rest of the team and the manager and he was like you're not going on vacation and i said wait a second like i'm entitled to this i booked a trip i'm literally going to australia um, and he was like, well, I can't guarantee you a job when you get back. And I said, okay, well, it was important for me to show up for my friend. I went to Australia. I had in Japan and Korea. It was my first solo trip. I ate all the food. I did cooking classes. Like it was really kind of my exploration to see if I wanted to pursue culinary art. And on the plane ride back, I could not, I couldn't like, I couldn't go to sleep. It was 16 hours. I'm just like looking around, like, what am I going to do? I can't go back to work. And sure enough, I had a um, a message from my manager that said, "Oh, Brianna, your your employment has been like severed. You have 45 days. Like, see you when you get back." Dang. And I was like, "Wow, I Dang. thought it was gonna be a transition, but nope. Here I am, and 45 day days later, uh, entrepreneur full time." Hmm. Blessing in disguise. Yeah, <laughs> it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know. It's like how you just not expect somebody to go on vacation, especially if you've given them enough, you know, forewarning. You've told them, hey, like, I'm this is I put in my PTO well in advance, you know. 
Um, I don't know. There was a lot going on. I feel you. Yeah, I, I've def- I haven't I haven't had that sort of issue with like PTO or traveling or anything, but I definitely had like issues with a project manager, supervisor, stuff like that. And not necessarily from the standpoint like we were getting a tour or anything, but it just it didn't feel like a team. Right. You know, it just felt like it, it just felt like y'all are looking down on me because I'm new and I'm still trying to get you know get the feel of things because mm-hmm. I'm in a brand new industry. Right. But. It is what it is. I, I definitely can empathize with, with what you're saying. So, uh, in terms of that, you you spoke about um, you know being being black in in corporate America and stuff like that. So, um, what is it what is it like being um, being a black chef in your industry in in the cooking industry or catering industry? Should I say? So I have definite. Okay, so I guess I can answer in two parts. So I'll. I'll answer in a positive way first. So I feel like being a black chef and also being a woman, um, being new, kind of people hearing my story, I get a lot of, not necessarily praise, I get a lot of room to be great. So people want to support me because they see, oh, you're authentic, you're courageous, you're, um, you know, you're God-centered. I want to support a black business. So I feel like it has benefited me a lot even before they try my food um now granted on the opposite spectrum there are some people who are ignorant and see that i am fair-skinned or i maybe know that i'm biracial and say oh like Mm -hmm. you you are an exception because you look this way but the rest of your team like i don't know what your staff is doing here i don't know why whatever your sous chef or your assistant or who are these people who you're bringing so that was kind of a point. This happened to you mm-hmm, before? Definitely. No one has necessarily been yeah. asked to leave, but I can tell, like, now they're, like, moving all of their purses to one side of the room or they're having to walk someone out versus before. I could just come and go in and out wow. the house. Like, it's it's little things that you notice. Like, I, I'm sorry, like, I didn't realize that this was going to be an issue. Um, but some people are surprised. Like I'm only hiring black people. I show up with all my people. We're happy. We're ready to go. We're capable. And it's like, oh, um, this is a Versace plate. Can you wash it a certain kind of way? When before you wouldn't have said that if you see what I, if you see what I'm saying. But in, in general, I think that being, being a black chef has benefited me. Um, The only, I guess the only downside would be people would say, oh, do you have any other menus or do you only, are you only soul food? Do you only make fried chicken? And that to me is very offensive because if I were to classify myself as a chef, I would say like my niche is actually fusion food that I take from like traveling inspirations and things like that. So for someone to just assume that I can only do a Southern brunch is offensive. Right. So has, has someone asked that question after seeing like something that you've catered or is that just like their first their question right off the top their question right off the top and in fact somebody last week um had said oh i saw i saw you have really good reviews um but i'm wondering if you can do something else and i it took me a while to kind of process what what he was specifically talking about something else but then i went to the reviews and you can see that they're all black people who gave me a review so um granted he didn't elaborate on what he meant but it's those sort of things those right. comments that you're kind of confused like 
maybe can you tell me exactly what you're talking about like because I don't want to I don't want to I guess misconstrue I don't want to assume I don't want to treat you a certain kind of way but not everybody is a hundred percent transparent yeah I got you yeah and it's good to ask those follow-up questions you know because you don't like you said you don't want to assume that they were trying to be negative or trying to be detrimental but you know it's kind of like well why don't you ask me what all I bring to the table as opposed to asking, can I make something? Right, right. In general, though, I feel like the Black Chef community is very close-knit. I have, like, there are people I've never met on Instagram. And, I mean, it kind of sucks to say, but I feel like some of them have been more supportive and more, I guess, like, following my journey than some of the people that I went to school with or some of the people that I had been talking about this 10 years ago. Um, they share my things, they recommend my things, they'll call me and leave me a voicemail, hey, I recommended you for something. So, um, I mean, you know, there are those kind of negative things about being Black and being a chef in Houston specifically, but for the most part, like, the community is so strong, and my clients are amazing, um, and I feel like it's just, like, a powerful place to be. Yeah, definitely, and definitely here in Houston, it's it's, it's tight-knit, or at least it seems that way, mm-hmm. you know, um, so like, you know, a lot of the black ships know each other, and, and like you said, support, so Yeah. that's, uh, okay, cool, so with, with that being said, how do you, how do you avoid being pigeonholed by the notion that you exclusively make black, like, how, like, if somebody does say that, how do you avoid, like, being pigeonholed, you know, like getting into that to that space where it's like, like how like how are you able to? I've learned. So I've learned um, in my like entrepreneurship endeavors at school, as well as I guess mostly marketing. So my internships were in marketing, and then my first kind of stint at Shell was in marketing. So I have definitely been able to kind of sell more more things by talking about it. So someone may be like, oh, well, the fried chicken looks really good, or um, I love shrimp and grits, but um, we'll just go with that. I'm like, oh, well, um, I also have this, and I'll show them pictures. I'll explain it in great detail. I'll tell them that this is a feature. I'll tell them this is a chef specialty. I'll kind of use those buzzwords to not necessarily sway them away from, I guess, those those sort of dishes but encourage them to try something else and sometimes I offer oh um, I'm making it for another client I'd be happy to bring it by so I do sort of like try and incorporate some of that like um, like building rapport with my clients or I'll send them pictures like I try and do some other I guess like marketing related conversations to that but some people are just like, this is what I want. I don't need to see your menu. This is our favorite. And that's that. And I'm happy to make it. Yeah. Okay. Understood. Mm-hmm. Understood. What is what are some stereotypes about chefs that you can you can disprove? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I had like a good bunch um kind of thought through and then I asked a couple of my chef friends and this like spiraled into this hour-long conversation so we could probably talk we could talk about this for a long time but I would say number one is maybe that we are all food critics so um I personally love to go out to eat with my family with my girlfriends whoever 
um, more so for the experience, like the camaraderie, the fellowship. I just love it. And I'm not necessarily there to say like, I can do this better, I can do this differently. And I think we all kind of get frustrated in a way that we can't just enjoy a meal like everyone else. It's like, oh, what, what do you think? And what do you think? And like, if you give a recommendation, like it's like all praise, you know, like this is the Holy Grail. So that's one. Um, I would say being, I guess, like in my uh, like age category, there's a lot of people who don't cook and a lot of people who um, maybe assume that we have these like five star meals just like laying around in our house. So there's kind of a notion like, oh, I'm going to stop by whatever I saw you posted and I'm going to like come get a plate or like, <laughs> it's just like, no, I, like, I don't have just like <laughs> these meals. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> laying around right um that's two yeah and then um i would say the last thing is like some people will say like just kind of speak openly like oh this is my favorite and this is the kind of dish i like or this is the the fruit or the flavor or this is the style and maybe assume that we all know exactly what it is so one girl gave a um an analogy like okay like we may all be doctors we all kind of know the basics or we may all be chemists or whatever the case is, but I specialize in heart surgery, you specialize in dental work, and you are a psychologist. Um, we don't all know like 100% what it is. So I found that to be kind of like, oh, that, that was a great analogy. There's a couple of things that they're stereotypes, but um, I'd say the one that grinds my gears the most is like the can I come get a plate or like let me have some leftovers or like as if food. Can't believe people do yeah, that. Yeah, like as if food <laughs> is just free. Like, I, no. And then they don't just even offer. <laughs> they don't offer no kind of coins right. towards this meal. They're like, no, boo. I didn't know people did that. You'd be surprised. Oh, <laughs> uh, that is, that's funny. That's funny. Okay. Um, so as we start to wrap up a little bit, um, who 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 inspires you and why? Wow, who inspires me? Hmm. We know your dad. Definitely my dad. Um, I, I I guess I've, I've said this a couple of times, but I'm inspired by like everyday people. I just meet so many wonderful families, or I I particularly love Black women, and they share their journeys or their struggles and how they got to achieve or where they're at in their life with their kids or whatever and it just gives me so much like joy to see that there so many people have these everyday obstacles that they overcome and it puts things into perspective for me um as a chef and doing something providing a service in a professional way so you know, I have, maybe I forgot shaper dishes or maybe I don't have my equipment, but then I think about these people who are like making, you know, like something out of nothing. And I just think about these conversations that I have on a daily basis and like, you know what, we'll figure it out. Or maybe I forgot my batter for the waffles. Well, you have flour and you have this, or maybe I'll just say, uh, change of plans. We're going to do this. So I just, I, I mean, everyday people. Um, everyday families, everyday employees. Um, and then of course my, my peers, they do amazing things um, that I find to be like motivation for me and my business. Okay, understood, understood. Um, with that said, 
Um, what would you say is your your biggest accomplishment uh, since you since you've been a chef and what tips do you have for people aspiring to become an executive chef? Okay, my biggest accomplishment. Um, there's so many, man. I just celebrate every win. Like after every event, I just feel like I'm walking on water. So it's hard to say, but I was um, at the end of last year, reached out to for a couple of shows. Um, and there were some casting agents that just from seeing like me as a person and how I engage on social media or talking to me and hearing the passion that I have for what I do um, said, oh, you'd be a great fit. And there's only 12 spots and we've interviewed 2,000, 10,000 people. I find that to be like amazing. Um, I didn't end up getting casted, but again, like I said, as a believer, uh, my time will, will come for those sorts of things. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say like that's something that I did, but to be recognized as a great in, in this industry is an accomplishment in itself. Um, as far as tips for being an aspiring chef, for me, my journey has definitely been different. I didn't go to culinary school. I didn't really have a mentor. I didn't have anybody in my family who did this. Like I didn't, I wasn't born into a food industry I've never served before. So I myself kind of struggled with feeling inadequate, um, like not knowing, kind of feeling like I had to be perfect. At first I started pricing like $35 a person, which I was making no money at that point. Um, mm -hmm. And so I would say for anybody who wants to do it to just start, like you don't have to have your logo, you don't have to have a name, you don't even have to have, you know, your family support you. You can literally just get on an app say this is what you do and start there. So, um, I mean, I, I'm, I know that we need to wrap up, so I could talk about that for a while, but mentorship is of course important. So I started with a chef um, and I was just chopping vegetables for the most part. He was considered a celebrity chef. I was there, I was, you know, ambitious. I did the unloading, I did the, the cleaning, I did the, I guess the part that he didn't want to do. and. In, in that process, I had a greater appreciation for all that is encompassed in an event. That goes into mm -hmm. it. Right. Yeah, you got to trust the process. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And my, my last my last question for you, um, and I think this could even help other people as, as well, um, and definitely in, in the Houston area, what advice or knowledge can you share regarding the Black Chef community here in Houston? What advice? Like to yeah. Uh, either way, to to the black chef community, like things that you may have heard, people that are not chefs, like people like myself, like if there's like oh you know people don't like this, or or if it's just um, not any knowledge that you have about the black chef community, whether it's coming together more, partnering stuff like that. Okay, I'm glad you said that. So I am extremely passionate about partnership. I said kind of like the better together mantra in the beginning um so i would say we all have our, our our strong suits and then we all have these things that we could work on and it takes a while to overcome these things you can work on but i personally feel like if you are an amazing baker and i don't want to bake i'm doing all these things or if you're an amazing bartender and i have my tbc license but i don't want to do that or if you have an event um planning co company 
why don't we all infuse our services together? Um, so my hope in the future, I guess maybe three, five years, is to have a space where all of these individuals can succeed simultaneously and it's not a competition. Um, but specifically Black Chef, I'm, I don't know. Um, I'd say to always just be open to learning. So I don't pretend to know everything. Like I will literally call my girlfriend, like, I don't know what this is. I don't know what this word means. And I don't feel inadequate because of it. And I feel like so many times, you know, you have your own, um, I guess like inadequacies. And then there's like the world who, who casts these things on you. And so, you know, why not? Why not just be open? Why not continue to, to take these courses and step out on faith and these different experiences and opportunities to better yourself and to provide a better experience for your clients? Okay. So a little bit all over the place answer, but um, better together, no, I I, I'll leave you with. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, I definitely like that collaboration idea because a lot of the times we, we when I say we, Black people, we, we look at other people that may be in, in a similar lane or something, sim something you know, it might be the same lane, uh, and we look at it as it has to be competition. It doesn't have to be competition. Like, there's, there's money out there for, for everyone. For every, there's, there's opportunities for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, you just have to know, you have to know your lane. You have to know, like, what you can and can't do, and it doesn't make sense to tear, tear somebody else down or, you know, try to compete for no reason. Absolutely. Yep. Well, this has been a great conversation. I've learned a lot. <laughs> I appreciate and, the invite. Um, I really, yeah, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come out and um, kick it with us full steam ahead. Unfortunately, the, the rest of the cast couldn't couldn't be here. Um, weekdays get busy, I guess. Mm -hmm. So um, thanks for talking with me. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. And, um, yeah. Um, you want to go ahead and shout out your, your Instagram? Um, yeah, sure. My Instagram, you business info? <laughs> pretty much all socials are pepper and mint catering. Um, pepper, like the spice, A&D, mint, like the herb, and then catering, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Google, pretty much all pepper and mint catering. Okay, cool, cool. All right, and... Y'all know my my Instagram is uh, King underscore Santiago twenty five. Uh, the podcast Instagram is full underscore Steam underscore ahead. Um, yeah, our other social media, um, Twitter, Facebook, that will pop up at the bottom of the screen. So make sure you're looking. I can't remember off the top of my head because Twitter wouldn't let me be great with full Steam ahead uh, in the handle. But so pay attention. Be on the lookout for that. Um, thank you again, Brianna, for joining. Y'all definitely check out um, Pepper and Mint. Um, and, you know, she cooks good. I've had it before. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> definitely had, like, food for days, and I was enjoying it for days. <laughs> so uh, check her out, and thank you again for coming thank on to Full Steam Ahead. I hope to see y'all soon. All right. Thank you. Take care. Catch you later. <laughs>